Hello and welcome to another episode of A Grass Half Empty. I'm your host as always, Jasmine Sohail, with me, my co-host for NFL and Football Chat, Ed King. How are you doing, Ed, mate? Very good, very good. How are you? Yeah, all right, mate. A bit upset. Week 17's over. NFL season's almost uh, closed now, so... No more Jets. Yeah, no more no more Jets, no more Gays. Can't wait for that, to be honest. Um, but we do have two lovely guests with us today. So we've got... Uh, good friend of mine, Fraser Stewart, who is a massive Bills fan, and I'm assuming loving life right now as a Bills fan. Fraz, how are you? Yeah, uh, good. Uh, it's It was surprising to have a weekend kind of off, um, not having <laughs> the stress about anything. Obviously, it still ended up in a positive result, but uh, I, kinda, I found myself laughing through the game rather than uh, the usual nail-biting stuff. So, yeah, can't complain. <laughs> we live in very different worlds where you have a game that doesn't matter and you pump a team like 45-0 or whatever, whatever whatever ridiculous score it was and the Jets are scraping away to go 3-13 and and yeah. failing miserably. Yeah, um, there's always <laughs> some sort of game-winning drive involved, but, yeah, was was all done and dusted very easy. <laughs> um, and we also have James Barker, who is uh, the owner of the Seahawks UK fan page. So, James, how are you? And lovely to have you on, mate. No, nice to meet you, mate. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, just about recovered from the game at the weekend, as is every weekend with the Seahawks. They, they don't have to make it hard for themselves. So, just about recovered from the mini heart attack <laughs> that we had on Sunday. Um, but no, looking forward to the playoffs now. I know some of you boys aren't, aren't in with a shout for that anymore. So, I apologise for that. But... <laughs> Yeah, I've just I've just literally realised that all three of your teams are in the playoffs and the Jets are nowhere near the playoffs. Um, so that's 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 fun. Um, but this yeah, so this podcast is going to look um, we're going to look at the playoff picture and like in a brief way. So we're going to pick out a few things and then go into the debate sections. A couple of good topics in the debate session this week. Um, one of them being obviously is Josh Allen and elite quarterback. Me and Fraser have had many a debate on this one um, because I despise Josh Allen. Um, and and uh, James has got an interesting topic for us as are the Seahawks building towards another dynasty, if possible. So we'll get to that later on. Um, but to start with, I mean, Ed, we've got the uh, the fixtures and Ed set in stone for the wildcard weekend. You've got the Bills, Colts, Seahawks, Rams, Washington, Bucks, Titans, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Saints, Bears. What fixtures are you most interested in? Obviously, as a Ravens fan, I'm assuming Titans, Ravens. But apart from that, is there any fixture you're looking at and going, that looks quite good. You don't know which way it's going to go. Well, yeah, as you say, the Ravens-wise, I'm obviously most excited about, but also apprehensive of all the teams I didn't want. Uh, the Titans were probably numero uno having pipped us in the playoffs last year and then again in the regular season uh, that was that was a, a game I, I didn't I didn't fancy and it looked like there was a possibility we were going to get the Colts which uh, would have would have been would have been nice I, I do believe they're the weakest team in the in the playoff picture in the AFC side um, but I think on the whole particularly on the on the AFC I think m- most of those games were pretty pretty appealing uh, Browns um Steelers will be a, a nice a nice match. It will be interesting to see how it develops from the game yesterday. Obviously, it'll be pretty different. Browns will be getting a couple of guys back off the COVID list, and the Steelers will be actually playing their starters. I think they're, they're too strong for the Browns. The Browns' defense is uh, woeful at best. They're going to have to outscore them. 
Um, so I think on that side, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. A few of those NFC games, to me personally, uh, I don't really like watching some of those games. So I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not too excited about that, but I'll, I'll watch it as always, and and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of similar to you. I think the AFC is way more interesting, especially in the wild card. But James, what about you on your side? Obviously, the Seahawks have a quite a tough fixture against the Rams. Mm. Um, I'm sure you'll be interested in that one, but obviously, talk about that one as well as what, anything else that's caught your eye in those fixtures uh, coming weekend for the wild card weekend. Yeah, I mean. It's a tough one with the Rams. I mean, we, we beat them earlier in the season. Um, well, later towards the end of the season. Obviously, they got the win against us earlier in the season. Um, so it's it's a tough one with the Rams. It, it's although you would think with us just beating them, we would have the better of them. Um, they just that defense is is well. I think it's the best in the NFL. Um, and our offense just hasn't been the same as it was in the first half of the season as it as it is in the second half of the season. Um, so going up against that defense is it, it's it's never easy, especially against a guy like Aaron Donald. Um, but if there's no Jared Goff, then you would hope that we would have a better chance. But with our record against backup quarterbacks, it's it's woeful as it is. The backups seem to play better than than the starting quarterbacks against the Seahawks. So um, no, I'm not I'm not fully confident this weekend. I just think the Rams will be you know fired up and and, and coming for a bit of revenge really, but. In terms of the other games, um, the NFC isn't that strong for me this year. I think I would much rather be a, a fan of a team in the NFC playoffs than than the AFC. Um, you could, you've got the Bucks, the, the Washington football team, um, Bears, Saints. I mean, and obviously the Packers. For me, the Packers are the only ones that have really sort of been consistently good throughout the course of the season. Um, and they're the only really team that I would be really sort of like fearful of. I mean, the the Bears and the Saints aren't really selling it to me, um, and and the Bucks and the and the Washington football team aren't either. So, if we can get past the Rams, um, I, w- I would back us to at least get to the NFC Championship game where we're probably going to be playing the Packers. Um, it, it's whether it's whether we beat the Packers or not. Um, but I, I think as a Seahawks fan, I would be disappointed with how weak the NFC is this year if we weren't to get to the Championship game. Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's definitely like the NFC weakness is definitely like being highlighted. And like Fraser, I'll come to you, and obviously I'm sure you'll be eagerly watching the Bills Colts game. And I, I know what Ed's just said about the Colts maybe being the weakest team. I, I, I just don't think they are. I think they've got the the cooking um, with the run game and Philip Rivers. I mean, we can say all you want. He's, he's a seasoned vet, and I know he's bottled a lot of playoff games in, in the past. And I know the Bills are shit hot right now. But is there anything you're concerned for you in that game, or do you think it should be a comfortable affair for the Bills? And obviously, is there any other games you're looking at uh, that think you might be that might be quite exciting to watch? Uh, I mean, I'm going to echo what Ed said in terms of last night when I was watching the Titans Texans game. I was I, I love the Sean Watson, but I really wanted the Titans to win that because, um, like Ed says that's the kind of team that I would have wanted to stay away from. So happily the Ravens have got them. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the Colts are the worst team in the world. Um, I feel as if, if you, I think it was the last night Jonathan Taylor had a big game. I think if you can stop that, I, I would be forcing Philip Rivers to throw the ball as much as possible. Um, you saw yesterday um, kind of how well 
the Bills dealt with Tua, and I know he's had plenty of issues in terms of throwing the ball. Um, but let's like say I'm, I was much happier seeing the Colts uh, this uh, this weekend coming in the Titans. In terms of going forward, I think it's is it pretty much nailed in that uh, if the Bills go through, at least let's say, all, all hoping, um, they would get the winner of the Steelers Browns game, I think, because the Chiefs would get. Um, the Chiefs would get either the Titans or the Ravens because they'd be lower yeah. seeded. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, in terms of Steelers Browns, we've already beaten the Steelers. Um, again, there's different circumstances going on since we played them last a few weeks ago. The Browns, I mean, I don't like Baker. <laughs> um, really, I, I've kind of got a similar Free feeling to the choir there, mate. Yeah, it. I know. I feel your sentiments towards Josh Allen echo them on to Baker from me. Um, I, I don't really fear either of them um, if, if we get through. So I think the Colts are a trickier game. Uh, if we get onto the Steelers or the Browns, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think the Bills will make it to the championship game. Uh, I need to pinch myself saying that, but um, I, I really think the tougher games this weekend. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, to be honest. I, I, I don't think the Browns are going to make it past the Steelers. Um, I mean, no. everybody can sit, like get on the Browns, but they barely got past the Steelers' backups. Like, like honestly, squeezed over the line. Um, and don't worry, I, I'm with you, Fraser. I, Baker has not got it. He's got a good team, but he's not very good, in my opinion. So, um, and he's also a massive ball bag as well. So, like, it's just <laughs> like <laughs> it in. Um, so. Uh, for me personally, like, do any of you see any like, uh, what's it called, shocks coming? And like, we know Saints love a bottle job. Do you think the Bears could do do a number on them at all? Any, like, James, do you see could. anything happening? I think they could. I really think they. Do you they? see it, it? Not every year, but but it happens. You know, teams that that have crept in. You know, you see it in the in the football playoffs as well. The team that creeps in at the bottom, you don't want to be the team that's. Uh, that's just missed out on the bye, and you don't want you, you, you kind of don't have the momentum. I, I don't think it's impossible. I've not been sold on the Saints all year, and I think you know they're, they're definitely a team that's susceptible to these kind of these kind of losses. Uh, it's, it's improbable, but it's definitely not impossible. Yeah, I think a big a big thing that goes for the Saints, um, and this might get kind of lost in the news, if they played on if their playoff game was slated for Saturday. Uh, Kamara would have still been ineligible in terms of uh, COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. so, you could, you could so on luckily, <laughs> luckily yeah. they have just been placed into the Sunday spot, uh, so they should have him back as long as there's no complications with that. But that's obviously a huge, a huge impact on them. The thing with the Saints as well is they're most likely going to have to go on the road at some point, and I just don't think like if if somehow the Saints have to go on the road to let's say Lambeau Field, like, there's no way. Like Drew Brees can handle that, like the weather and everything, in like in January. Like I just, I, I'm kind of with you. I just don't think the Saints are the same anymore. Like this year, just whether it's Drew Brees, whether it's Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, like none of them really fill me with much confidence. Um, and with the way the NFC is, you've got, I'd say, the Seahawks. I think the Packers are probably the best team, and the Seahawks are closer to them than the others. And the Bucks are very hot and cold, and the rest are there's a big gap. So the Saints might get through the wild card, but I just don't think they're going to get much further than that. 
Um, anything for the NFC East champions? Uh, let's go to you, James. Do you think? Do you think the the Washington football team can do a number on the Bucks at all? Anything for them? I mean, they're a funny little team, the Washington the Washington football team. Um, their defense is really good. I think I don't think anyone disputes that. I think Chase Young's a beast, and they've got a few really good, exciting young players and and a few experienced players in that defense as well that are really sort of carrying that team at the minute. Um, when when Alex Smith is healthy, their offense with him and Terry McLaurin is is certainly better. I think they, they were they were awful with with Dwayne Haskins. I think if Dwayne Haskins hadn't have played and, and Alex Smith had when we played them, I think we would have lost that game. Um, so I think their defense, purely because of how good it is, will give them a, a chance um, against the Bucks. But I just think, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the guy, and I don't. I, I would doubt that any of you are either but Tom Brady I just think in the playoffs with the weapons that he's got in Tampa Bay um, I can see him I can see him beating the Washington football team I think the Bucks have got too many weapons for the Washington defense to manage within the secondary but um, I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if if the defense for the for the Washington football team sort of yeah I, I, I wouldn't say they're a dark horse because I, I don't I wouldn't see them getting past any of the other AFC teams other than the Bucks, really, but I could possibly see them winning in this wildcard round, but then that would be it. Um, I think the bigger upset in the AFC um, would be the Browns beating the Steelers. I'm quite sold on the Browns, if I'm being honest, whether that's whether that's just because of the the, the excitement that the you know everyone is is having with the Browns of them being back in the playoffs and everything, but and I don't like Baker Mayfield. I'm completely the same. He spends too much time on these adverts than he does on the field and, and talking. And, and it, certainly not a big fan of his personality or anything like that. But in the system that he's playing in, um, I, I think it's working. The, the the ground game for the Browns is really strong. They've got a couple of really nice receivers and their defence is is OK. It's doing enough to hold up against, against some of the better teams. So I, I could see the Browns... Pushing for pushing the Bills to to represent one side of the AFC in the championship game alongside the Chiefs, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, we need to we need to move on to a segment a bit more, but quickly. But one thing I do want to talk about just as we go, just do you guys and we'll go all of you. I get your opinions on it. Is there anything that makes you think that there'll be anyone apart from the Chiefs making the Super Bowl from the AFC side? Um, no. So we'll go, Ed. We'll go for you first. Mm, no, but I think the Bills are giving me game. Uh, I, I'm still the jury's out how they perform in the playoffs. Um, but no, no, to be honest with you, no, I think they're the the best team, and I'll be shocked, stunned. Maybe if the Ravens can get past the Titans, you, you never know if they can get a lead and they can keep it with the run game. I just don't think they, I don't think they can uh, withstand the weapons. I, I really don't. I can't see past the Chiefs, to be honest. What about you, Fraser? I mean, I'd maybe have a bit more optimism about the Bills uh, against Chiefs. We've obviously we played them uh, pretty early on this year. I think it was week five, uh, week six, I think it was. Um, they they didn't run over. Well, sorry, they did run over the top of us. They didn't. Um, they didn't blow us away. Um, I mean, as well, Josh Allen. Um, I'm pretty, I don't know if it was properly diagnosed, but he's essentially had like a separated shoulder for the uh, for a few weeks after the Raiders game. Um, so he wasn't 100% definitely. Um, it's the Chiefs at the end of the day. You can, you could never. I don't think anyone could go into a game 
uh, totally optimistic they're going to beat them. But uh, I mean, for some reason, I should, it, well, I know it's not 2020 anymore, but crazier things have happened. Uh, could the Bills go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> I can't believe it, but maybe. Fraser's all, all in. Fraser's <laughs> all in. He's gone from just squeaking to like, the playoffs to like, oh, I'm a bit nervous to, ah, oh, we're winning it. We've won it already. No, I'm not saying we're winning it. I'm, not saying, I'm definitely not saying. I'm just saying, like, that, that are, there are reasons I, I could potentially put a case forward uh, to, to at least tie with the Chiefs. No, I mean, say. you're wrong. You're not wrong. I completely agree with you. And, um, I mean, uh, I want to go around the room with the couple of games that are really like close. I want to see what your opinions are. You're going to win the wild card round before we move on to a couple of questions I have to do with the playoff format. So uh, we'll go Ed Fraser and James. So Bills Colts. Ed. Just pick I th- one. Yeah, I think I think I think the Bills. Uh, Fraz. Bills. <laughs> James. Bills. Okay. Uh, Hawks Rams. Ed. I think uh, I think the Rams win it. Ooh. <laughs> what about you, Fraz? I don't want to gang on James here, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yesterday did not look good. I guess, how was it? What was that like? The third team of the 49ers? I mean, scream side. <laughs> no, you know, I'll, I'll say Seahawks. They'll, they'll pull through. Good luck. We'll, we'll James as well. We'll take Hawks as well, obviously. I'll take the Seahawks, um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, the last one I'm going to ask is the Titans Ravens. So Ed obviously thinks Ravens, I'm assuming, but um, Fraz. This this is probably the most 50-50 one I'd say. Um, I'm going to say Ravens. James. Titans. Oh yeah, see, I think those are the games that are going to be the most interesting to watch. They're going to be so close. Mm-hmm. Um. So just quickly before I move on to the debate section, so there's something I've been kind of thinking about. I, I want to get your opinions on it. Um, what do you boys make of the format this year? So obviously there's only one number one overall. Uh, sorry, one team that gets a bye uh, rather than two. There's seven playoff teams. So do you think what do you think this is a, this is a good change or a bad change? Because um, we've had teams like, um, for instance, Steelers in the final week not playing because they could this number two seed just doesn't matter anymore, so they didn't really care if they got the two or three. But then obviously, then we also had a lot of teams that could get a playoff spot at the end as well. So there's more teams playing for more playing more. What's it called? Um, competitive football in December and start of January. Um, so I mean, Ed. Looking at that side, like, do you think it's a good change, or do you think the old format was better? I personally, I, I quite like. You know, I'm always keen for more football, so it's an extra. You know, it's 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 an extra part. But you know, again, I'm always a little bit of opposed to the, you know, the increasing changes just for the kind of commercial side. So I'm a little bit torn, and I, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying by missing out the buy. You kind of get a little bit less competitive from the from the top couple of teams, um, but on the whole, I don't think it's been a negative change. Of all the changes that have been coming into the NFL, I don't think this is one that I would uh, that I would complain too much about. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, like looking at the NFC, for instance, James, you've got teams mm. like the Bears, like squeaking in. Like, are they really a playoff team? Like, do you know what I mean like that's my thing with it? Do you think a number seven? 
do you think the seventh best team really deserves to be playing? Like, are you going to end up getting dead rubbers in the playoffs, which is something you don't really want, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, that that was the thing with the old format. It was like, it was quite, it felt quite exclusive. It felt like the best teams made the playoffs and that was it kind of thing. Like, I know there was the odd uh, Seahawks team with the seven and nine making the playoffs back in 2011 <laughs> and that. And, you know, we had our moment with that year as well. But, um I, I like it and I don't like it. I like the sort of, you know, seeing the, the Giants trying to get to the playoffs with a six and nine record and seeing these like awful teams somehow making the playoffs. There is sort of like a, from a, a fan standpoint and purely from like a neutral fan point, if you're not a fan of them teams, it's quite a, a humorous thing to watch. It's quite fun. It makes it quite fun. But in terms of uh, competitive aspects, it's not really... You know, do you give these teams a chance in the playoffs? We're talking about the Washington football team and everything, you know, five, nine, six, nine, whatever they are. Yeah, six and nine. Um, they're not really going to have a, a chance in the playoffs anyway, realistically. Um, so it's like, do you do you want the playoffs to be competitive and, and you know, with the, the lower brackets and the lower number of teams in it? Or do you want the expanded one with maybe one or two sort of fun teams in there, a few surprises, a few sort of, you know, ones for the, the neutrals to root for. It's it's an interesting one. I I think I would have preferred the old system, but like you were saying, more football, so I can't really argue with that. So, yeah, it's a tough one, but I think I would go with the old one. Yeah, I mean, and, and Fraz, if you're looking at it now, do you think the way the NFL's going, obviously commercial and stuff, do you think, in, not in the near future, maybe five, ten years down the line, we'll get eight teams in the playoffs and like it'll just increase again? I mean... Thomas have eight per confidence. That's half the league. I mean, that seems a bit crazy in terms of just trying to justify that on on paper. The 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 top fifty percent of the league, like yeah, you're gonna. That means every year you're gonna have consistently eight and eight teams essentially, uh, and worse, obviously depending on divisional records. I mean, that's the one argument. But then again, you can say right, it's been extended to seven for this year, but even then on the AFC, you've got the Dolphins missing out who are. You, you could say they are a playoff team. I mean, but they finished 10-6. Um, I don't know about that, mate. I don't well, know about that. They but, were but, awful. I know, but going, in, going into last week, there was a potential that the Ravens were out of the playoff picture. Now, if the if the Ravens had missed the playoffs, that would have been a total like disaster. Uh, and even in terms of the extended um, format that is now, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm looking at it a bit sourly now because the second seed doesn't get the bye. Uh, now the Bills have the second seed for the first time in my life, I think. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if the, does the bye really help. How many times have you seen over the last few years uh, that a team coming out of the bye just is slow? They've just lost it. Um, and then in terms, I know I'm kind of going back here, but in terms of meaningless games, like obviously we've not touched on it, but last night the kind of the farce of the Washington uh, Eagles game, uh, you, you're always going to have meaningless games like that. Um, and just yeah, because, that of was, that was, season, because of the final game of the season, it's obviously got yeah. the biggest spotlight on it, and every, all the Giants fans are going crazy, blah, blah, blah. That was <laughs> class banner for the Eagles. Though. They pissed off the Giants and got a bear pit. Like, they couldn't have played that bear. Uh, they've, they've honestly nailed that so well. Um, no, interesting. It's just something I thought about just while I was watching it yesterday, and I was like, like you watch the Bears, like, is Mitchell Trubisky, how is he going to be in the playoffs? Like, are you, like seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, more football, and, and as you said, it's getting to a point where we're getting close to half the league getting to playoffs. Does that just ruin kind of 
the as as like James pointed out, does that kind of ruin like the competitive side of the playoffs as they are? Like when it was just twelve out of thirty-two, and yeah, you get teams that miss out. Like the Jets missed out when they ran ten and six to your Bills because Rex Ryan beats us, beat us. That was horrendous um, a few years ago. Um, but like that, like you miss out tough. That's just part of the game, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of having seven teams personally and one by because I think. You shouldn't be having a situation where the Browns basically got a free win to get in. I know they made it hard for themselves, but they were playing the Steelers' backups in a game that, like, if that game was played, if that fixture was played in week 14, Steelers would have probably beaten them with a full strength team, if that makes sense. So, um, that's the aspect of it that I didn't really like, but it was interesting to hear what you guys uh, had to take make of that um the, the, sorry the only thing i'd say about that is no matter yeah. how many teams you have in if you've got four teams per conference you get 10 teams per con- you're gonna have the same scenario yeah, coming into the do. final week you're gonna have meaningless games you're gonna have teams that can't really bother so. stuff like that it's always gonna happen i guess so i guess so well anyway let's move on to the big chest section uh as a good little roundup of the wild card stuff um but this is the stuff that's uh, like kind of what our podcast is about it's all about because I personally love arguing, and I thought I might as well record my argument. So um, this uh, section is obviously all about making a case for one thing, and then we give the guy a couple of minutes to make the case, and then the other three can either agree, disagree, just have a conversation about it for about 15, 20 minutes. So first up, we're going to go with Fraser yourself, and tell us why Josh Allen is an elite quarterback. First of all, I did not agree to this question. (laughs) I like Josh Allen. Uh, I don't know if I can make the case that he's elite, because I don't think you can make that case for any third year. Okay, why is he he a good quarterback? Why why is he better better than Jazim Sohail says? That's the case I'm going for. Why is he a top five quarterback? Top ten? Well, I know you had an issue, Ed, last time with top fives. Uh, I'd agree with Devante Adams, by the way, top five, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But, right, so... People that know me know that I, everything I justify by, uh, I try to justify by stats, okay? Stats are real life. I know uh, situations can be different, but at least on paper, they they can, I'll try to prove something, all right? 2018, Patrick Mahomes obviously had his unbelievable year where it was just a unanimous MVP. Uh, there was really no questions about it. Yeah, I just had quite a look. I had 5,000 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and he had a couple of rushing touchdowns as well. Josh Allen this year, 4,500. Uh, he had 37, so 13 less, but he had eight rushing touchdowns, so he's 45, uh, but he had less interceptions. Now, in terms of quarterback, I, I hope you agree with this. Surely the yardage that um, the completed air yardage is what uh, Pro Football Reference classifies it as, as the yardage just from the quarterback to the receiver. That's all that matters. Uh, and then they also classify yards after completion. Now, if you look at the 2018 year, um, Patrick Holmes, essentially 50% of his yardage came from um, air yardage, and the other 50% came from uh, after completion, which you could argue is... Is not all to do with the receiver because obviously the, the ball has to be placed in the right place and um, if it's bad placement the receiver goes down blah blah. This year Josh Allen uh, of his 4,500 yards 2,800 came from 
uh, completed air yardage with only um, just over 1,800 uh, after completion. So I would argue, <laughs> if with a grain of salt, that his well, his completed air yardage was better than Patrick Mahomes in 2018 when he was essentially unanimous MVP. Now, I'm not arguing that Josh Allen should be MVP this year, but I don't think there should be any question that it wasn't an MVP caliber year. And anyone that argues that <laughs> that it wasn't is just trying to be a bit salty like you, Jazz, I think. <laughs> um, I, I accept that there's plenty of stuff going on in the background. Everyone would argue, oh, he's got Stefan Diggs this year. Well, that that's what teams do. They, <laughs> they find the strengths. They find what they need to, to get better at. The Bills knew that he needed some sort of receiver to throw the ball to. Should they be should they be morally punished for that? I don't think so. Um, again, looking through the stats, Josh Allen. I mean, you you, you know, um, just off the top of your head, for the first year he was just he was running for his life. Um, the amount of scrambles he had um, was was crazy, and they weren't designed, obviously. This year, uh, again, going by Pro Football Reference, uh, he had the the highest blitz per play. Or, um, on defence and so that's obviously how defences thought they could they'd deal with him now I'm saying he's had an MVP calibre here, have they dealt with him properly? Probably not um, and is that because he's got one good receiver to throw to? Maybe but I mean Cole Beasley also had a thousand yards, uh, just under a thousand he didn't actually play last night but he had uh, 967 he had, there you go so to have two, two wide receivers over a thousand yards uh, Diggs had 1,500. He he led the league. Um, that's my opening statement. Opening statement. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, <laughs> good opening statement. Like, fair enough. Um, uh, who wants the first crack? Like, Ed, do you want to weigh in? And, and you're like, where do you stand in the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, that was pretty well uh, articulated. Difficult to argue with with that, and I think uh, it's all it's all correct. Um, I was pretty harsh on on Alan. Um, at the end of last year, and I, I didn't see it. I didn't think he was capable of what he's he's done this year, and I think it's a credit to him. Um, he's addressed the you know, issue you're saying there about how he was getting blitzed, and it was yielding good results, because if you could rattle him, and you saw it in the playoffs, he, he kind of lost his head. Whereas this season, he's been able to, yeah, maybe the addition of digs, but um, I think, you know, he, he can't just associate it with one one player. I think his overall performance, like you're saying, you know, other receivers have uh, improved as well. Um, and they've improved because he's improved. So I think that's all fair. My my criticism of him, which is probably unfair, is is, is less statistical and more what I'd, I'd be seeing this coming weekend. And in the playoffs, I, I still have a, a feeling that, you know, he, he, he is prone to maybe losing his head and you know whether the mistakes in big moments uh, are there for the playoff but you know that could be said about uh, Lamar Jackson that could be said about a lot of quarterbacks as well so to me it's it I'm being very impressed but am I entirely sold just at this point maybe not you know there have been quarterbacks that have been able to put together a season like this and you know it's it's it's, it's difficult to evaluate guys on only a couple of years so I guess we'll see you know, next season and, and how he does in the playoffs. But I, I totally agree, MVP calibre and, you know, 
probably knock, knocking on the door. Aaron Rodgers will probably win it, but I do think he was right there and, and thereabouts. Some of his throws yesterday when he was in the game were were, were Mahomes-esque. So, um, yeah, I'm mean, amazed at how well he's done, and, and, and that's painful to say because I thought he was uh, the worst quarterback coming out, even worse than Darnold, which uh, <laughs> has come back to, to bite me. But, um, um, no, I think, uh, I think that's fair enough. Uh, James, you want to add on to that? If, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this little... Yeah, um, for me, I will I will side with Fraser. I think he's been elite this year. Whether I'm going to say he's elite, like that's a permanent tag I'm putting on him, he's going to be elite for the rest of his career now. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to wait and see. I think a deep playoff run would certainly help um, and, and, and quite a few critics if, if he can go on a deep playoff run and possibly take them to the Super Bowl. You know, I can imagine people absolutely changing their minds on him if he was to beat the, the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Um but I mean, he's fifth in fifth in yards for this season. He's fifth in touchdowns. Um, he's got one of the best quarterback ratings. If you're if you look into your stats and and you you know you're quite you know strict on them as, as how you judge players, then then he's quite good on the quarterback rating. He's quite high up. I think one of the, the problems with Josh Allen sort of coming out of college and, and coming into Buffalo was people people have never disputed his sort of athletic ability and his athletic capabilities and traits and, and everything that he brings to the quarterback position in that sense. I think it was his decision-making and his sort of reliability with turnovers and, and, and throwing the ball and forcing the ball into, into tight windows and making plays he didn't, you know, making throws he didn't need to make. Um, and that was still definitely the case, I think, last season. Um, but, from what I've seen of him this season, obviously I haven't watched him every single game. I watched him have a very good game against my Seahawks in week, oh, I can't think of what week it was now. I've put it to the back of my mind. I don't want to even think about it because he absolutely battered us. Um, but he's been much more reliable from what I've seen of him. He looks a lot better. He, he's sort of, he's a bit like Jared Goff in a way for me, whereas they're sort of the same build, same height, sort of kind of same concerns coming out of college and, and into the NFL. But for me, Josh Allen's starting to go off down the the improving path and sort of the progressing path and towards eliteness now. And Jared Goff, if anything, is going further down the wrong path and just regressing even more. So whether he's elite for the rest of his career and going forward as a permanent tag I'm going to put on him, I'm not. I'm not saying that yet. We'll see what he does in the playoffs, but certainly through the regular season, for me, he's he's been playing at a you know a top five sort of elite level, definitely. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. So obviously, don't get me wrong, I was I was also like wrong on Alan. Like I honestly thought he was awful, and I thought he'd be out of the league before Darnold, and that's obviously like Buffalo Bills around doing very well and. His improvement from second year to third year has been quite big because I think I think me and Ed like talking just between us before at the end of second at the second year were like this guy is awful like he couldn't just hit, like he was he was hitting people in the stands more than his receiver it was like it was just bizarre. Um, but one thing I would say about his season this season and like his stats on face value stuff are really nice. But what I've kind of made of him is he's 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 kind of like a like a streaky quarterback like he's quite I would say inconsistent a bit so like you've had this little rough patch in the middle mid-season and then where he played New England and KC I think and maybe it was the shoulder I think Fraser mentioned maybe it was that I don't know maybe it was just he came up against good defenses and Bill Belichick and Andy Reid etc etc like he did not play very well in those games I think it was I think he 
failed to get above 150 yards in both games. He threw picks. He didn't. It didn't look very good. And then later on the season, he played the Steelers' defense, who again are a very good defense. And he barely made 200 yards, had like 50% pass completion, threw an interception, threw a touch, like. And then he played the Chargers as well. Again, a decent defense, nothing special. And it was another 160-yard game. But then you got the other end of it where he absolutely destroyed the Seahawks. I think it was like 450 yards, four touchdowns, like mental. And then he destroyed another couple of teams. Obviously, uh, I think for some reason, <laughs> Josh Allen loved pumping the Dolphins this year. And I don't know why. But the, twice he's played them, I think he threw like seven touchdowns. Um my point, what I'm trying to make is, is that a case of he's obviously improved a bit, but his stats have kind of been highlighted in a not like as a whole more because of some of the defense he's played and the teams he's played. And when he's come up against better defenses, such as, as I mentioned, the Pats, the Chargers, the Steelers, he's maybe not quite like he's not quite been that guy where he's kind of carried the team, if that makes sense. I'm pretty sure the Bills won quite a few of those games. I think they did. They beat the Pats because um, Cam Newton yeah, fumbled Cam the ball at the end of the yeah, and then I'm sure they beat the Steelers as well because Steelers were on a really bad run offensively. Um, so they won those games. Don't get me wrong, but he him as a whole, like his stats personally, weren't that great. And the other thing I would just like to say before, like I let someone else come back at me, is uh, what I found a lot with Stefan Diggs's introduction. So now they've got Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and uh, John Bryan as a John Bryan's just the over the top kind of guy but Diggs and Beasley are really 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 good route runners and the thing that Josh Allen struggled with blitzes as you said before and like feeling like running for his life when you have Stephon Diggs when you have Cole Beasley and you give them one on one they will win that one on one unless it's good DBs and I think I noticed that the Seahawks game when he torched them was like the Seahawks don't have a pass rush, right? So they try and blitz everyone. They try and send Jamal Adams to try and create something. So a lot of times it was one-on-one coverage. And Stefan Diggs is going to win that battle because he's probably the best route runner in the league. And I'm not taking that away from Josh Allen. Obviously, build a team around him. But what I'm trying to get at is the impact of Stefan Diggs into that team has elevated Josh Allen's stats more than him improving, if that makes sense. Um, so anyone want to go at me for that? I mean, I'd come back. Uh, the first thing I know I've already said that they completed the yardage thing. Um, yes, the route running obviously has to come into that, but going by like the league average, in terms of, well, obviously that was Mahomes in 2018, half half of his yardage came after completion. Uh, this year as well, um, Aaron Rodgers is actually even worse in that respect uh, in terms of that stat. The, the, the the total, like the absolute majority of his yardages actually came after completion. Again, obviously, there has to be some level of um, how good the quarterback is for that. It's not just all the receiver. Um, but I, I feel as if that sort of thing isn't really kind of played into. Um, PFR also talks about they they give a percentage of bad throws. <laughs> I don't know how they justify what a bad throw is. Probably a hundred percent of Josh Allen in 2018, but. Um, they had him down at 15% this year. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes was 17% when he had his MVP year. Again, it's just stats. Stats can be pushed whatever way they want. Um, I think in general, the the general kind of NFL media, uh, NFL fan, they're very fickle in terms of it's what they see on TV. So I think last year, 
the Bills, I think the Bills had two primetime games. They had the game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which that is a game that totally sold me on Josh Allen. He had the, uh, a crazy fourth down. Uh, he actually fumbled the ball, but then like drove through the whole defensive line. And that was the moment where I was like, this is the guy that we need to invest in. Uh, I think they had a later um, game, maybe been with Patriots, I can't remember. Uh, and then obviously you get a playoff game against the Texans where, like you say, he fell apart at the end of that game. And it's just like Lamar. Like, that's those are the moments people just pick on and that's it. Whereas this year, um, the TV companies at least bought into the Bills a bit more. I think they had five primetime games this year. Um, They're and, a fun team to watch. Like, they yeah. are a really good fun team to watch. Yeah, and I mean, in those five primetime, they lost against the Titans. The Titans had about two months to prepare for that game because of COVID. <laughs> so that is one thing I put against that. The Chiefs, yeah, they lost that. That was That's what it was. But against Broncos, Steelers, uh, the Patriots game a couple of weeks ago, those are the moments that people... Uh, the general fan at least looks at and goes, you know what, I watched that game on Sunday night, it was actually alright. That's the sort of things that the Bills haven't had for the last like 10 years. They've, they've very, very little primetime games, so uh, primetime games, are, you, you live or die on them. That, that's it. Luckily this year and the majority, the Bills have, have lived and look, we'll see another example of it this weekend and if he has another bad outing in the playoffs, then It'll become like Lamar that he can't win a playoff game and that's it. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully it doesn't end up like that. Yeah, like the thing, uh, I kind of had like a comp for him. And I, like, as I said, like he's, I think, um, I don't know if any of you guys listen to the PFF podcasts, um, but like I listen to the their main one and Steve Palazzolo, the guy who presents it, he's, he's kind of the same where he plays like, Josh Allen is a very streaky quarterback as in like he'll be very hot and when he's hot, he is top two in the league like no one's gonna touch him and I feel like he's in that little bit of a run right now where like I mean he absolutely destroyed Bill Belichick's defense second time round and like that's something and the game against the Dolphins which is basically Patriots B team um the way uh their defense is built up um again torched them and he's just he's in that I feel like is that him just being really hot and when he's hot he is amazing um but my comp was like I feel like he might be a quarterback that might be a bit inconsistent so might be an inconsistent ride where when he's class he's amazing when he's not he's not he's like he's not going to be that top end quarterbacks like the Rodgers the Brady's you know what I mean like those guys that are just week in week out you know what you're getting they can carry a team they can do what you want um is he going to be a sort of like a maybe not Matt Stafford that's a bit harsh but like a like a Joe Flacco in the playoffs when they won the Super Bowl for instance like Ed will probably vouch for that like he was like the best quarterback, like he was so hot in that four, what three game run, four game run where he was untouchable. Is that the kind of guy that Josh Allen's going to end up being? Where he's he'll give you six, seven great games, then two or three stinkers, then four really good games, and three stinkers. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I see it. Um, I'll give you the final word on this end. Like where where do you see it with him going forward? Yeah, I mean that's the difficult part. Whether it is a streak or whether this is an improvement and that, that that's always the really difficult thing to to gauge when you're in the streak is you know and it's, it's always the case with contracts and you know is this what the guy is or is it a, a Carson Wentz MVP style season followed by massive regression is it is it Cam Newton MVP season you know with the the massive regression that was, you know, followed with injuries. But he is a, a, and always was a streaky passer. If he can get into the into the rhythm, then 
you know, he was he was unstoppable. So the jury's out for me. But you know, from what I've seen of this season, you know, at stages it has looked, you know, more like improvement um, than a pure performance streak, if it was. But um, yeah, to me the jury's out. I find it very difficult to. Uh, Again, maybe I'm I'm biased from my previous opinion, and I'm um, stubbornly holding to the fact that maybe one day I'll be right. But I do believe that uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to say it. And then <laughs> win, wins the playoff game, then wins the Super Bowl. But I've got to, you know, the, the Colts to me, like I mentioned earlier, they they have their benefits and things. But as a defense. They could be, they can be carved up. They're, they're an okay defense, but he should be, he should be with the way he's been playing this season. He should, he should easily get past them. And then the Steelers, I believe, or, or the, the Browns, he should be easily getting past them. And I, I think it will be them against the Chiefs, and that will be the big test. So once I've seen that, ask me again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll stay on the fence. <laughs> okay. yeah, I don't, I don't want to. I know we're pushing it for time here. I yeah. don't want to hijack the podcast here. Um, I mean, I've argued. Josh Allen had an MVP caliber. I'd hope no one could argue against that. But if I'm going for an MVP this year, I'm saying Derrick Henry. By the way, yeah, I know people might. Yeah, right, actually. here's a here's a stat for you, and here's a here's a quiz question for the listeners, if you want. Okay, there's seven other um, runners that have done 2,000 yards. Okay, four of them that year have been named MVP. Okay, six of them were named Offensive Player of the Year. Now I feel as if I know that's in the past, okay, in those different years, but Derrick Henry is just, I don't think he's really been given the respect. I don't really buy Rodgers just being the MVP this year. That, that, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, I think I agree. I, I agree as well. I completely agree as well. Um, by the way, we, need to, we do need to move on because we've talked about Josh Hand for way longer than I would want no, to. No, not long enough. <laughs> not <laughs> way longer than I. And I hope that we'll be back on in two weeks where I can just slam Fraser after Josh Hand throws three pick sixes in a horrendous playoff loss. Um, but we've got to move on to this next topic because I think this is quite an interesting one and I, I will like to hear everyone's t- take on this. So, James, go and tell us why you think the Seahawks are building towards sort of a dynasty maybe in the NFC or maybe just in the NFC West, but you believe they've got some key pieces there that, that could be looking at them dominating the division and maybe the conference for the coming years? I think we do. Um, conference, I'm not sure. I think the Packers are, are, are pretty strong and, and I like their chances going forward with the team they're building and everything like that. But certainly within the NFC West, I can see us being the top team or the team to beat for the next couple of years, at least three, four years, possibly. Um, the main thing that's given me this sort of feeling is what we've been missing for the past couple of years, ever since the sort of the, the LOB started disappearing and the injuries started piling up and, and, and they all started to leave. The secondary was just awful. It was, you're talking guys um, in there like uh, Justin Coleman, Tedrick Thompson, Bradley McDougall, just complete sort of, and no disrespect to them, but like, you know, like backup standard players on on like better teams um certainly not starting players in your secondary and there was just no identity um at all to the to the defense it was completely sort of we were just a complete soft touch in the secondary uh you know very minimal interceptions um no real turnovers no big hits no not nothing no no offense whether they were zero and 15 whether they were you know 15 and all came every offense came 
to Seattle or, or whenever they played the Seahawks and was absolutely confident that they could outscore them and, and, and score on our, on our secondary. But this season, they've with the, with the trades they've made and the pickups that they've made, it just seems like they've got that identity back now. And it's a young defence, largely, certainly in the secondary. Um, you know, Jamal Adams is, is, is 25. Um, DJ Reed's ranked 23. Diggs is 27. Shaq Griffin, who I'm not still not completely sold on, but he's only 25. It's a really young defence and it's a young team in general, which is another you know positive reason and a, and a reason why I think they could sort of keep building this and keep going with this, this upward trajectory. It is a really young team, but certainly with the secondary, it's it's not a soft touch anymore. It's got that identity back there. I'm not saying it is the LOB, it's far from the LOB. Um, it, it, it might have the potential to sort of reach them levels in the next few years, but as of now, it's not you know it's not LOB level. And I don't think any defense that we'll have, maybe not in in my lifetime anyway, will will get to the individual quality and the and the group quality that 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 defense brought. But since then, it's 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 the most talented team I think we've had as a collective since those Super Bowl days. It's certainly I think the most talented offense that Russell Wilson has ever had to work with in Seattle, um, even in those Super Bowl winning days and those back-to-back Super Bowl appearances teams. I think this offense, with the weapons they've got now, the young weapons they've got now, the guys like DK Metcalf, who is just an absolute freak. Um, if he wins us the Super Bowl, I'm getting a tattoo of him. Anyway, anybody, <laughs> I don't care. Um, it, my body might not be big enough to get a tattoo of DK. On. He, he's just an absolute unit, absolute freak. I haven't seen anyone like him before, apart from Calvin Johnson. And, and really, sort of anyone playing at this moment in time that can compare DK to his possibly Julio Jones in the sense that he's a big guy and he, he sort of hangs on to these yeah. balls through contact and he's big and physical. Or but... AJ Brown maybe, but yeah. Yeah, why. AJ Brown, yeah. Um, I don't know what they were putting in the Gatorade in, in Ole Miss, by the way, <laughs> to make these guys. But um, So you've got DK Metcalf, you've got Tyler Lockett, who's who's brilliant. Um, and then you've got all these tight... The tight ends are really good. Will Disley is really solid. Um, Jacob Hollis is very underrated. Seems to make all the big players for us when we need him to in these, you know, overtime wins and these zero second wins, it's always seems to be Hollister. Um, and Greg Olson's been pretty solid for us, uh, for us this season. When, when he's played, he's probably not going to be with us next season, but um, it just seems like it's a young team. They're building something. The offensive line, I want to pick up on as well, because the offensive line, if you know anything about the Seahawks, I think when you think of, you know, someone mentions the CLC or you think, you know, LOB and then this next thing that comes into your mind is the awful offensive line, which has been ever present since those Super Bowl days. You know, the guys like Okung and, and, and big sort of all pro pro bowl offensive linemen leave um, and they don't replace them. And they have never really given Russell an, an offensive line that's capable of. Um, protecting him ever since. He's constantly the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. And that's partly because of the way Russell plays his game and, and, and everything like that. But it's certainly down to guys like, oh, I don't even want to mention some of the names that we've had on the offensive <laughs> line. Some of our coaches could have came in and, and done a better job. In fact, I, I almost sent an email or I tried to get into contact with the Seahawks to just say, you know, as a business proposal, why don't you do sort of like a, a raffle before every game and get people to, you know, buy a ticket for a raffle. And if you win, you get a going offensive line for the Seahawks because it was genuinely that bad. Um, guys like Jermaine Effetti, Luke Jokel, just absolute oh, Voldemort. Luke Jokel is so Luke bad. Jokel. 
absolute Voldemorts of, of the offensive line, like <laughs> names who shan't be shan't be named. Um, but now you've got the rookie in Damian Lewis, who's been a revelation. He's I think he's got an 85 PFF grade. He's he's been one of the I think he's been our rookie of the year alongside the linebacker Jordan Brooks. Um, He's been brilliant. He's plugged in day one starter. Hasn't looked back. He's he's been excellent. Um, Brandon Shell, the pickup from the Jets um, at right tackler. I know. I think you, you've possibly been following him quite closely this year. He's been brilliant when he's been healthy um, for us at right tackle. He's been he's been really really good. Um, and even Ethan Porsick at, at the centre position, who's who's taken up his full sort of first year of, of starting responsibilities. He's been he's been excellent. The running game is is. Back to how the Seahawks again. That's you know an identity thing that Seahawks have always had this powerful running game, and and with Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, and, and Rashad Penny, when them three are all healthy, it, you know there's it, it's you've got the case there for that being one of the best running back rooms in the NFL. Um, so I just so, think yeah, one thing one thing on. I was gonna say because what you just uh, said is it's kind of what I noticed as well while watching the Seahawks. Like I love watching the Seahawks. At the start of the year, because they finally let Russell Wilson like loose, right? Like, you you go and do what you want. Yeah. And you can see like he was just putting up silly numbers, like throwing, I don't know, like five. I think he went back to back five touchdown games. Mm-hmm. Like it was mental. And then there was the Rams game, I think, which was after the Bills game, where he yeah. had a couple of bad games. He threw a couple of picks, and you could see that P. Carroll isn't comfortable playing the let Russ cook away. Like, he just doesn't like that way of playing. Mm. Because the amount of, like, they went back to the old Seahawks way of, we're going to run the ball, we're going to let Russell do, like, the like the high percentage throws to try and make his throws less, but um, effective players. Like, they did, I think last year, I think PFF put it up there, his numbers, the amount of attempts he has to throw touchdowns was nuts. Mm. And it was just such a high percentage play. And, you can see in like attempted players, attempted throws. Sorry, up until the Rams game, it was up in like high 30s, low 40s, and then after that, it was like high 20s, low 30s, all the way to the end of the season. And I feel like if the Seahawks want to become this, like what you're saying, that they're going to be the best team in the NFC West and be one of the best in the conference in the next few years, and what all you said is true, but the talent they've got, if Carroll does want to make it a team like the old teams where it's all defense, it's all running back. And Russ is kind of not like a game manager's harsh because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but sort of that kind of role with high percentage throws for Russ, that defense has got to come good quick because I know they've got better for sure. They've got better mm-hmm. and we'll see how they do in the playoffs and stuff, but they're still not like, I, I would still wouldn't say they're a top 10 defense right now. And to play that way, you need to have, a top five running game, a top five defense, I'd say, or a top mm-hmm. 10 defense. And then you can do the way he wants to play. And the other thing I'd say before I move on to someone else to have a go is you have Kyle Shanahan in your division. And I think he is maybe the best coach in the league. And I think the C- uh, the Niners with the injuries they've had this year, like you can't really take anything from this year. You can take what they had last year. You can take what he did with Matt Ryan at the Atlanta Falcons. And... They have a really good young team, and I personally don't rate Jimmy Garoppolo, and he took Jimmy Garoppolo to the Super Bowl, and that says everything about a coach. So I think it's not just a case of the Seahawks improving. I think that the NFC West is going to be quite a tough division for the coming years because the Rams, again, solid defense. I think you said yourself, like probably the best defense in the league. 
they're definitely top two or three. I really like John McVeigh as a coach. They've got a really good team system-wise. The only question mark for me is Jared Goff, as you said, has regressed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The same with, as I said, for the Niners, is probably the QB is the question mark. And then the cards are the opposite, where I think they've got a great QB. They've got good, they've got like DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm not sure about Cliff Kingsbury. So all four teams in that division, I'd say, have a few question marks. So for the Seahawks, probably for me, it'd be the defense. Will they all improve? Because it's not a given, right? Um, Would the run game improve? With the other three I've already mentioned, so for me that div- that division I think is so close. And if I had to, my personal opinion, I think I think the Niners are probably going to be better than the Seahawks in the next coming years. And that's just a personal opinion on how much how highly I rate Kyle Shanahan and what he's kind of building there. And I don't know how you see that division planning out. Do you agree with the Seahawks maybe taking over or? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you've taken you've taken exactly what I was going to say. That I, I I agree that the Seahawks, um, you know, very young um, team coming forwards. I agree with everything um, you're saying there. But uh, looking at that division, you know, it's it, it's not just the Niners. Yeah, the Rams are there and the Cardinals. It's, it's a competitive division. So dynasty wise, it's, it, it's difficult for me to see that being possible from from any of the teams. Um, personally so you know i'm not knowing enough about the seahawks i don't want to you know i'm sure you know a lot more about it than me so you're probably right with everything you're saying um That's but uh, I, I, yeah the niners you just look at shanahan and what's possible and the injuries they've had this season which has kind of knocked them out means they're gonna have a half decent draft pick they need a quarterback jimmy g is not the answer there might be some free agent uh, acquisitions if, if cousin gets Cousins gets moved on. Maybe he loves he loves him, so it could be a possibility. But um, you know, to me, if I if I was going to put my money, if I was going to put my mortgage on a on a team in that division, I think I would be probably looking at the Niners. Um, but what I did I did want to ask you actually is um, with the lot well with the reports coming out from Rappaport about the Lions and um, your GM mm. uh, Schneider, what what? How would you think if that was to to happen? How would you think that would impact it? I mean, I don't know the dynamics between him and Carol in terms of drafting but, uh, and team building, but how would you think that would impact it? Uh, massively, I think. Um, I think John Schneider, if you were to call up all 32 or other 31 NFL executives and teams, I think, and, and mention John Schneider and and the job that he does, I think all of them would hold him in in really high regard. I think he's. He's definitely been a massive part in terms of the drafting and, and the and the off-season acquisitions that we that we pick up and the, and the, the success that we found from them. Um, to do with his, his his contract, why he's getting um, called and everything, it, it's I was looking into it because I wasn't sure myself. It's something to do with basically he doesn't have the full control of the reins in terms of the draft picks and the off-season acquisitions that he makes. It's basically. Pete Carroll has the final word on them and he drafts the players and he, you know, signs these players in the off-season. Whereas if he was to go to the Lions or any other team that was interested in him, they would offer him this sort of, you know, hand him the, the, the reins to the, hand him the keys to the franchise, basically. Like that type of contract, which he doesn't have in Seattle. Um, obviously, he's got, he's only got one year left on his contract. Uh, Carroll signed a, a five-year extension um, mid-season. Um but he hasn't yet, so he's still, you know, there's there's a contract thing coming up anyway with him. 
Um, I think he has said something yesterday, like in response to it, saying that he's happy in like in Seattle and that he wouldn't sort of, you know, he doesn't really want to uproot and go to sort of a team that, you know, as a GM is probably a favourable job, which is, you know, a Lions who need, you know, there's a lot to sort out, there's a lot to get your, your teeth into if you were to go to a team like the Lions, um, a lot of draft capital and, and everything like this. But um, I think if, if it was a team like the Packers came calling or a team like the Chiefs or someone like that, then you would be stupid not to consider it. Um, but I think, no, I, I can't see him. I can't see him leaving Seattle. He's such a popular figure in terms of the fan base and, and within the organisation. And um, I think it would be a real, real sort of letdown and a, and a shame if 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 the, if the Seahawks let him go to a to a team like the Lions or or you know a team that shouldn't have as much pulling power in the sense of winning championships and and being sort of in a win now mode and and you know ready to give him success, but. It, yeah, it'll be a massive loss if he was to go, so hopefully they can tie him up. Yeah. No, no, fair enough. No, I would I would say if they can keep if they can keep him in then you know, they've, they've, the Seahawks have got the pedigree to do it and, and the team there, the coaching staff, that you know, they they've done it before with the with the Legion of Boom, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's definitely not out of the question that they could rebuild um rebuild with the team they have there and a couple more pieces and 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 maybe some regression from you know the rams have shown you know yes they do have the defense but they they have shown an inability to reach the levels that they were at and mm-hmm. you know the 49ers under obviously plagued with injuries but you know they, it was a bit of a regression to a degree this year as well and, and the cardinals the jury is out so you know it's definitely it's definitely possible i would say that yeah i mean fraser what about you i want to see what you've got to if, if there's anything you want to add, obviously the Bills, like the Jets, that like our division played that division, so we, you you got a good look at all the teams. Um, I think, and yeah, well, what what do you make of the, the that NFC West? I mean, on on paper, I would consider the NFC West probably to be the best in overall talent um, between the four teams. That's why I don't have a problem with saying. The Seahawks will dominate. Do, do I think the Seahawks will consistently make the playoffs every year? Definitely. I don't think you can ever question that, uh, the way they're going. Let's say that it kind of echoes what um, you and Ed were saying. NFC West is tough. Um, you get the 49ers who have struggled all year with injuries. They were still there or thereabouts. Um, the Cardinals, you get Kyler and Hopkins. They've got stuff to build on. Um, yeah, I feel as if Rams are maybe like kind of stuck in a rut right now. They don't know which way to go. They seem to be one week they're they're playing the best football they've ever played. The other week they just can't do anything. I mean, the other side of it is to to dominate a division, you you essentially need to break the system. Now, Jazz, you've seen with the FC East, the Patriots have, have broke the system over the last whatever 10, 15 years. The last time the Bills won the FC East. Well, since the last time they won, the Colts have won the AFC East. So that tells you how long uh, it's been since the Bills have won that. <laughs> <laughs> so, do I think the Seahawks are a system breaker team in that division? I, I don't see it, but it's it's not it's not a downer on on the Seahawks. It's 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 literally a competition around them, and I don't see like a dysfunctional um, organization. Such a well, I was going to call the Jets a dysfunctional organisation. That's real bit <laughs> but obviously the AFC East has had its history over the last 10, 15 years. I don't see that same history applying 
in the NFC West, and that's the only reason why I would kind of doubt any team in the NFC West um, dominating. Like I say, do, do I see Seahawks kind of consistently being over 500, making the playoffs? There's no question on that. Uh, it's just the competition is so tough, just like one, you guys have said. Yeah. One thing I would say to Fraser, you probably a good point, and maybe that's more towards James's camp, where the thing that AFC East, why the Pats were able to do what they were, obviously they had like the best coach in the like, history of their game, but they had a quarterback, one quarterback for the whole run. And mm-hmm. I feel like you look at the rest of the NFC West, Russell Wilson is the quarterback for the Seahawks. Like He will be the quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. He'll be there for the next, I don't know, four, five, six, seven years. Whereas you look at the other quarterbacks, and there's question marks, right? You can Kyler's only one year in, a year and a bit in, and he's uh, he's shown flashes. He's also shown some horrible things. Jared Goff isn't a good quarterback. Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. So if you're looking at the most important position, then I can definitely see it from that point of view that they could they've got the main position sorted, and they've got a coach Pete Carroll who has already shown pedigree, he's already built it with like Super Bowl winning team, blah blah blah. So from that point of view, I can kind of see where you're coming from, James, because, yes, definitely. Um, like th- There's some correlations, but obviously the teams in the NFC West are a lot more stronger than the NFC East ones were. Mm. But there's a question for all of you. I'll, I'll leave you out of this, James, because you'll be biased. Ed and Fraser, what coach would you want managing your team out of the three that are in the NFC West right now? I'm not including Kingsbury because he's. I don't think he's very good, but you can add him if you want. Yeah, I would say Shanahan, just to be, uh, from what I've seen from him, from everything you were saying about him earlier, I've just echo that that point, really. To me, personally, it's, it's, it's Shanahan. They've kind of all showed flashes, I'd say. I mean, I'd never say Pete Carroll. I mean, he's clearly, he's got one way he wants to play. Like you say, the, there was plenty of pressure on him to let Russ cook all that stuff, and he clearly he clearly doesn't like that. He, he wants to run the ball, um, which obviously the last couple of years, um, at least from what I've seen, the Seahawks haven't had the best um, rushing offense. This year had definitely improved, so that doesn't fit his system. I mean, Sean McVay, yeah, you can say oh, a couple of years ago he took him to a Super Bowl, but he fell off a cliff. Yeah. Last year, pardon the pun for Cliffsbury, but he's not he's not showing really anything. Obviously, in college, he was really big, uh, but he's not really showing the top in the NFL. And obviously, Shanahan, yeah, he's got plenty of experience, and um, it, it's all there to see. But I don't know. I, I, let's say I'd, I'd be tempted to say Carroll, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean. I said they're all quite good. Like, that's the that's the thing. Like, do you think, James, that it is a case of the possibility of winning the same teams probably not going to win the NFC West for consecutive years just because of the competition and so much in there? Um, I know you've argued for that maybe the the Seahawks are building towards it, and like fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, but what 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 team do you think holds the most threat to you? Is it do you think is it Shanahan's Niners or do you think McVay? But that defense uh, that could pose the biggest threat to you guys going forward. Um, I would say it would be Shanahan's Niners. Um, I think six and nine is a great effort from them to be fair for this season. For with all the injuries they've had, um, I think it's a. I think it's almost as if if you were to play the two teams together with fully healthy teams, it would be really really close. They're both sort of 
quite equal in, in the in the talent that they have in, in individual positions. Um, I would say that our defense, the way it's playing at the minute, maybe our secondary at, at least was would be would be better than the Niners. But the, the Niners have a lot of weapons on offense as well. Um, you know, um, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, George Kittle. You know, and they've got a, a handful of running backs who are, who are really solid as well. Um, their offensive line is is also you know good. They've got that uh, Trent Richardson in there who's aging and, and getting a bit banged up, but when he plays, he's still a, a top level left tackle. And, and they've got a few other nice players on the offensive line. Um, and I just think that if they, because I'm not sold on on Garoppolo either. Um, and the one year that Garoppolo was really sort of quite, well, I'm not saying he was elite or anything like that, but he was good enough to take them to the Super Bowl. They, you know, they they get to the they, they get to the Super Bowl and and they have this, you know, they should have won that game. You know, they had the Chiefs right where they wanted them and they should have they should have won the Super Bowl. So, um, if they can find their franchise QB, because I don't think Garoppolo is within the next, you know, one two three years, while they've still got all this young talent on both sides of the ball available to them and in their primes, if they can find that next QB that takes them to that next level, who's you know more reliable and, and, and just a better overall QB than Jimmy Garoppolo is, then it, it really is going to be a, f- a really, really close matchup every year in terms of who wins the NFC West. Um, and I think at the minute, to go on back to your previous um, little uh, debate there about the coach and that, I actually would take Shanahan over Carroll at the minute. Oh, um, really? Oh, I would, yeah. Um, and that might... I don't know, that might... Uh, piss a few Seahawks fans off, but it, it, <laughs> Pete Carroll for me is, you know, he's a great coach, best coach in franchise history. No one doubts that. Um, no one disputes that. Um, and he's brought us the Super Bowl and brought us all this success that we've had. But it would be sort of blind biasy if you were to look at it from the past few years from a Seahawks fan's perspective and say that every coaching decision and everything about the way the team has been coached is perfect and, and top level because it, it hasn't been. There's, you know, there's a lot of arguments to say that the way Carroll coaches and his philosophy and, and the play calling is, is holding Wilson back a little bit and that they, is Carroll being a bit too outdated? Is his, you know, is the playbook, you know, getting a, getting a bit dusty? Does it need to be, you know, cleaned out, get a new one? Do we need to sort of, you know, bring someone with this newer energy, this, um, not the, Pete Carroll has any shortage in energy, but um, you know a guy like Carl Shanahan who, who's who's younger and got this, he's very offensive-minded and and you know has taken a team with a pretty average quarterback really and Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl with with a talented offense. If he had Russell Wilson and and, and the offense that he had were, would have here, what could he you know what could he do going forward here? It, it, there, there's a lot of question marks recently in more recent years to do with Carroll's coaching decisions and and some of the decision making and and all that so I think if you know if I was being unbiased and looking at it from uh, sort of what would be better for the franchise and put loyalty aside I think I think Shanahan is is the better coach and 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 Pete Carroll is more experienced and everything like that but in terms of up to date and what would suit our style of play and our offense better I think Carl Shannon would def- definitely suit our offense and, and our team better to what Pete Carroll did. But Pete Carroll's a legend, and, and I'm happy with him. I'm not I'm not calling for <laughs> Pete Carroll's head. He, you know, I'm not saying we should go out and and replace him with with Shanahan, you know, in the off season or anything like that. But um, no, I think 
I think there are there are a few question marks over some of his decision making. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's it. Would be an interesting just an exercise to see what what could Shanahan do with the, like Russell Wilson and stuff because I mm. I feel like it'd, it'd be quite fun to watch. But that's something I guess we'll never see. Not uh, in the future anyway. Um, but I mean, okay, we are, I hope, like, sorry, I hope you're okay with Pete Carroll because like you say, you've signed him for another five years. So <laughs> oh no, yeah, I, I, I can wish all I want. I'm doomed with him either way, so there's no yeah. point. Um, I do. Um, yeah, so we have been talking for a while, so I do, I'm going to wind it off now. Um, but yeah, interest, that was a really interesting debate about the Seahawks. I do think that that division is going to be a lot of fun to watch and probably the strongest division, I think, for a while. Um, before we do go, I want to ask you all where you guys think, how far do you think your teams will go in the playoffs? So give me a round, whatever. Be, uh, the, the podcast is called Grass Half Empty, so we encourage negativity. Um, but we'll start with you, Fraser. Where are the Bills going? Are they bringing it home? I could never say that. Um, I know we've spoken to it. It's reasonable to... I can't believe I'm saying it. It's reasonable to say that they'll get to the championship game. And then, if it is the Chiefs, if it's the Ravens, um, I think in any championship game, it's, it's going to be a toss-up. You've you've got there through merit. Um, anyone can... can uh, genuinely win that game once they get there um like i say this weekend this weekend's the the tricky one i feel yeah. if they get past it if they go over that hurdle uh, if they get that playoff win off their back josh allen's elite mvp <laughs> let's go win the super bowl <laughs> no, yeah. AFC, uh, championship AFC game, championship game <laughs> yeah. how far do you think the hawks are going james um like i say i would be disappointed if they weren't to make it to the nfc championship game but Considering I'm on the Grass Half Empty podcast and you encourage negativity, I'm going to say that the bastardly Green Bay Packers are going to knock us out in the NFC Championship game. Um, they do, they do us a win, you know, in the NFC Championship game with a fail Mary and everything and all the everything that's, you know, they do a bit of revenge on us. So I could see us beating them in the NFC Championship game. Ed, Ed, are you joining them in the Championship game then as well? With the Ravens? You know, normally so negative. <laughs> and, and so this time I'm going to buck the trend because you know slowly after that build after the Browns win uh, when we beat the Browns I started getting a bit of a buzz about the Ravens and then you know they do the hard part they get into the playoffs but exactly what Fraser said about the Bills there you know it, 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 if they can get past the Titans and they can get the playoff win I, I, I do believe they have a shot uh, an outside shot but I do believe they can beat the Chiefs and then yeah, it would be a toss-up whether they whether they could get past probably the Bills after that. But I don't know. Wow. I've got a sneaky, sneaky suspicion that uh, probably they're going to lose against the Titans and then uh, <laughs> won't be discussed. That's what we like. That's the negativity we want. Jazz, Jazz, what about your Jets? Oh, sorry, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you right now, we're number one. we got a good coach. And then next year, what Sammy D lights it up for a different team, not us, obviously. And then we'll we'll be back at three and thirteen with some horrible QB that we drafted. Um, you'll, be, you'll be back this time next year, saying the same thing when you've got another garbage head coach and you've drafted somebody else shocking and quarterback. And anyway, that, uh, over the weekend, Justin Fields. Uh, I know. Um, I don't want to talk about it. He was alright. <laughs> of him or Zach Wilson, whoever we draft, will be. The worst quarterback in history, and then there will be like a hot thing. So I'm kind of over it. Uh, but anyway, lads, it has honestly been a pleasure talking to you, football. Um, 
that is the end of the NFL podcast. But we, me and Ed will be joining uh, Austin Gill from PFF on Thursday night. So we'll have a little mini pod for you guys on Friday morning. Uh, just talking football with someone who knows quite a lot about it. So that'll be fun for us to get absolutely pumped by him with <laughs> NFL stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, stay tuned for further stuff. <laughs>